Hey, Michael, can you hear me? Hey, Josh, I can. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Well, thank you. I obviously have you on the uh, Workday Recruiter podcast, but uh, hope all is well in Salt Lake City. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. I think some of the news coming out of Utah has been kind of rough. Uh, Donovan Mitchell just got diagnosed with the coronavirus as well as uh, Rudy Gobert. Those are the two all-stars from the, the Jet Utah Jazz. So kind of a rough morning for the locals and I uh, feel bad for those guys. I hope they recover. But uh, yeah, tough time for the world and the country right now. But Yeah. Things are getting a little crazy, but I did just uh, see that on, as an alert on my phone via the ESPN app. So, yeah, I'm sure everything's on lockdown in the jazz uh, locker room right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little crazy right now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. How about yourself? Everything's good. Everything's good. Just been uh, working a bunch and uh, just trying to uh, work a little bit to uh, find some workday candidates, as I'm sure you're aware. But um, But, yeah, but I just wanted to jump right into things if that's okay but just sure. wanted to kind of start off you know a li- little bit outside of the workday space and then we can go from there but again really appreciate you jumping on uh this morning but wanted to get a little bit to know you a little bit better i know we've obviously talked before but obviously whoever listens to this may not know you so tell me a little bit about yourself where you're from where you live now um sure. what you did growing up and um kind of what do you like to do for fun Sure, absolutely. Thanks, Michael. Um, so I grew up in Idaho Falls, Idaho, really close to the, the school I went to for college, uh, BYU-Idaho. Uh, they're also a Workday customer, funny enough, my alma mater. And so I went to BYU-Idaho and uh, studied accounting, started in um, public accounting at PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, and uh, made my way over to Workday. And I was at Workday for about four and a half years. Uh, I spent a couple years in consulting and then a couple years in product management. And uh, the last, I guess, nine months now, I've been at Alchemy, which is a uh, implementation partner for the higher ed uh, side, the student side of Workday. So um, the, the, the CEO of Alchemy is actually the son of Dave Duffield. So Dave Duffield, co-founder of Workday, um, his son, Mike Duffield, sort of did a spinoff uh, called Alchemy. And we just do implementations for student and higher ed and a focus on the higher education customers and and so yeah so from idaho i currently live in utah i'm a remote employee i travel out to customers and um i also work from a home office which is where i'm at today and uh for fun i've got three kids under the age of seven so that keeps wow. us that keeps us very busy sure. um they love uh, the outdoors and whether it's the snow or the summertime, we get all the good seasons in Utah. So um, very outdoorsy family. Personally, I'm a big movie guy. I also enjoy uh, Texas Hold'em poker. I, I love odds and probability. And so any kind of game of, of uh, cha- chance with odds and probability, I'm a big fan of. And, and uh, so, yeah, here with my wife and three kids in Utah. So That's great. That's great. What's the latest movie you've you've watched and really liked you know my wife and i we just rewatched um the uh, the a quiet place okay. okay which is that john uh, krasinski scary movie that has not very much dialogue in it and yep. uh, part two comes out well it's supposed to come out in a week or two but i think i just saw that john krasinski has delayed um 
the release of it based on the coronavirus. So, oh, so I wow. think he's going to wait till the summer um, or till things settle down before he puts it in theater. So that's uh, okay, though. We're big fans. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, you know, there's very few scary movies like that that are not too much on the horror category, but also right. more of a suspense thriller, not knowing what to expect. So that's my, my favorite. Sure, sure. Okay, okay. Well, good. Glad to get to know a little bit of the personal side behind behind Josh. So I think that's great. So, well, perfect. Well, I know you were talking earlier, you know, you went to BYU, Idaho, which I think is incredibly coincidental. It's just funny that, you know, now they're the cust- they're a customer and, you know, you went to school there, which I think is so awesome. Everything's <laughs> full circle, right? So, um, but yeah, tell me about that transition from PwC, you know, uh, on the accounting audit, you know, side and how you made the jump to Workday. I'm always curious how people ended up in the Workday space and how that all transpired. Yeah, great question. Um, so after studying accounting, um, I always had what my accounting professor would call a marketing personality. Sure. <laughs> and so I, I was always kind of interested in looking for HR or um uh, marketing type of roles. And so uh, PwC being one of the big four accounting firms, it opened up a lot of doors. And I realized that PwC had a workday practice. Part of their advisory side, they had an entire practice they were forming in Dallas, uh, which is where I went for PwC. And they were they were creating a workday practice, but didn't have a lot of openings. And so I, instead of transferring internally, I just looked directly at Workday um, and actually had an alumni friend refer me over to the company uh, from BYU-Idaho. So definitely full circle um, there, but he had started at at Workday and loved the culture, knew that I was interested in HR and not necessarily just accounting. And obviously Workday started as an HR software company. That's the first product they put out was HCM. And uh, and then they've obviously transitioned to finance and students and some other things. But, um, you know, they, they were looking for someone with that accounting background, but also interested in HR and ERP software, you know, work software. And uh, so I made that transition. And it literally was the best decision I've ever made. Apart from marrying my wife, I do, <laughs> I do believe the next best choice I've ever made was to go to Workday uh, so early in my career. And it said nothing but bless my family and me immensely. That's great. That's awesome. So, um, you know, when you made that transition, what was really the first couple of years? What did that look like on a day to day basis for you over at Workday? Great question. I, you know, I was lucky and fortunate enough to be part of the first group of students. So they were they didn't have a student product when I got hired in 2015. They they had the HCM and they were working pretty hard on financials and they had some early iterations out for financials in 2015, but they didn't have student out yet. They were just in their first year. And so I was a consultant, but we didn't have billable projects. So a lot of what we did was we would travel out to uh, what they would call early adopters or stu- you know schools or universities that we're very interested in Workday student, but, you know, obviously it's a couple years away from, from being a full product. And so we would go out there and we would understand their business. We would understand their current system, you know, gather their pain points and really just be that, you know, be their voice so that we could take that back to product and say, hey, product, here's what, you know, the University of Texas at Austin needs in their, you know, their admissions side. And here's what LSU you know, needs in their financial aid side. And here's what Rochester needs in their, you know, Bursar's office. And so it was just a great opportunity to be some of the early folks out there. Um, And I would work very closely with products. I was actually based in the Bay Area for for the first three years. 
And so while doing that, I would travel out about 50% to these, these prospects or these early adopters and then come back and work in the office with the product team and the development team and sort of give them a list of everything we would gather from these customers. So it really influenced the development of the product early on because we'd gather. And it wasn't just, I named some of the big schools, but I should clarify that Workday, as always, they take care of every type of customer. So we also did community colleges. We did public universities, private universities. So um, I was kind of on some of the bigger projects, but there were projects from the smallest school you can think of to to the largest school. So um, very, very good job um, Workday's part to make sure that, you know, if we're going to build a higher education you know, uh, software that we're going to take care of all different prospects out there. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I think the ability to scale between your local community college a couple miles down the road versus, you know, University of Texas or LSU, you know, those, it's obviously a big difference. So, so and, and I'm curious, because I think a lot of people that will ultimately listen to this podcast won't have much familiarity with student. Can you explain a little bit about what student does at a high level and how it helps um you know universities or community colleges kind of reach their goals absolutely that was we probably should have started with that so that's good (laughs) good good point here i am rambling about student but but uh no great great point so student is i like to call it a combination of hr and financials so back when i started they didn't have a training for student there wasn't a student product but it had aspects of both the HR system and the financials. Um, But they had to sort of develop it and change it to meet higher ed's needs. And so initially there were six products underneath what they call students. So Workday Students, the large bucket, just like the financials is a large bucket, but then there's several products below it. And so the six products below student are uh, student recruiting, student admissions, student records, student, I think they call it curriculum management and advising. It's a long, a long one. And then there's okay. student financial aid and student student financials, which is like the bursars. So you imagine, you know, the different offices in a higher education institution. So you have the the bursars office for student financials. You have the financial aid office. You have the registrar's office for records. You have the admissions office. You have the the rec- recruiters, um, and then you have a lot of the the faculty and staff who do, you know, advising for students to help them plan out their their schooling. So what what they're trying to do is get all of those, you know, universities are on tons of systems, right? They're, they have sometimes over 30 systems that they're on. Nothing talks to each other. Things are very outdated. Some of the, you know, higher education softwares were built in the early early 90s, um, which was actually PeopleSoft and some of the other ones that Dave Duffield founded, but they're still using that. And here it is 2020 and, you know, 30 years of software, that's a long time. And so, you know, you have a lot of manual processes happening and you have a lot of folks that are going to and from offices trying to get one thing done and they're using paper still and they're just, the technology's not there. And so when higher education institutions commit to a software, you know, they're in it for the long haul. This is a 20, 30 year commitment for them to to go through an ERP implementation for their, their student software. And there just hasn't been a lot of products in the market for it because it's very difficult to build. It's it's literally, I think I've heard that it's, it's eight times as large as the HCM side. So you have to think, okay, HCM is a pretty complex product. It's no you know, no small feat, but eight times what HCM is, is what the entire student suite uh, consists of. Uh, And I've heard different numbers. I've heard 6X or 10X. And so I, 
you know, I, I, eight is the most common, but just it gives you a, a, an idea of the scale. You know, these, these wow. are literally independent products all rolled into one and they they all speak to each other now the last thing i'll say about student that will apply to all the commercial folks out there is that you know when a higher education institution is also an hcm and financials customer and then they also buy student they have everything everything is connected across the campus so from your, your worker being paid as a, as a faculty or a staff in hcm from you know all the benefits in HCM and then you have the financials, the controller and everybody who's involved in that side has that inside of Workday. And then you connect all the students as well. And so you just have this giant system cross-functionally uh, from the worker all the way to the student. And really the student's focus is, you know, Workday student's focus is the student experience because even though the admins are using it a lot to, to transact on the students, so charges and payments and financial aid and registration for classes and admitting and the application process and everything can be all done in Workday. There's also the student side, the self-service side where a student can log in and, and, and having an app in today's world, there's nothing that college students enjoy more than to, you know, download an app, register for classes, pay their tuition and be on their way and not have to really do anything else. Um, so that's Workday's vision. It's very much a mobile first higher ed product where you can literally do that. You can apply, you can register for courses, you can pay your, you know, can receive your financial aid and pay your tuition and your charges all from your app or your laptop or whatever device you're using. So, you know, there's, there's two sided. There's the administrative side and what they see when students come to their office or call them. And then there's also the student self-service experience, which is, you know, beyond anything I've ever experienced. And I had just gotten out of school when I had joined Workday a couple years later. And, you know, the things I had to do when I was in college just in 2013, compared to what Workday does, it's a whole nother world. It's, it's just uh, so much more modern and advanced, so. Yeah, that's a whole different ball game than what I was used to at the University of South Carolina. So if anybody's got connections to the uh, admissions bursaries office at the <laughs> University of South Carolina, uh, might need to uh, shift to work day. I'm sure that will happen eventually. But, you know, with University of South Carolina at the time, we were 20,000 undergrads wow. and we were all rushing to this one room to sign up for business classes and then rushing to another to sign up for X or Y related classes, so it's a little bit of a little bit of a mess, so to speak. And, that, and, and but you you make a great point in that nowadays the average you know eighteen to twenty two year old you know they've been living on apps on their phone for for years, so it's completely normal for them to sign up for all their classes. I mean, how easy would that have been for for us now? You know, to go back. Um, and do that, uh, but that would have been amazing, but that was not the case, I guess, for you, nor was it for me, So, uh, but that's okay, but um, well, cool, well, great. So I, I know that um, you have been in the Workday ecosystem for quite some time. I know that you're obviously very passionate about it, just from, you know, our previous conversation as well as this conversation right now, but, you know, what is the one thing that you really enjoy the most about the, the ecosystem from, you know, a, a product perspective, but also from a, you know, networking, you know, just kind of being a part of the, the community. At, at yeah, large. great question. Um, yeah, I think Workday's used this in their PowerPoints before. I do remember this constantly, but um, the customers are fans 
And when I say fans, I, I truly mean fans. Uh, I mean, you know, wearing the, the, the flags and having the, the finger at the game when they're, they're yelling and shouting, they love work day. Um, so to work for a company or, you know, a partner associated with Workday, to have products like that, where customers are truly just huge fans. I mean, it's, it's changed the way they do their work. It's changed the way that they live. Um, you know, people always focus on, uh, you know, consumer software, the software that you use on your phone and Apple and Google and the things that you're used to. But we spend more time at work than we probably do at home or with, with others. And so, you know, if your work software is not very good, it really ruins a big portion of your life. And so, so to be able to access it from anywhere, mobile first, um, to change the way you do your job, to become more strategic and less process driven and less manual. Um, you just see that come out when you go to these customer conferences or you go to these consulting conferences. You just there's just a, a buzz. You can just feel it. And so I remember when I first started, and this was 2015, so five years ago now I've been in the ecosystem, and I just remember like I've never seen customers so excited about you know a product. I, I, they're truly like no one's being compensated. Like there's no like they're just fans because it's changed the way they do what they do. And so. That to me is probably my favorite piece, um, and also the networking. Right, everyone's a friend. Um, I've found both virtually and in person. Anyone who's a customer, a consultant, um, a workday employee, whatever it might be, um, very much a fan, and very much willing to do things for others, and willing to help out, reach out, um, and as you've done with the workday uh, tip of the day. Um, you've seen this outpouring of generosity and, and, you know, fans and just, just people that are just so kind and so giving. And so that, you know, I don't see, you don't see that kind of culture at a ton of companies. You, you just don't, it's, it's, it's very authentic yep. and I feel very grateful to have been a part of it so far. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I have seen the same thing you know over the years and it's just amazing how i think as much as you know with the implementation partners obviously they're competitive but also there's a very much so a feeling of we're all in this together at the same time so i think it's one of those things where you're on the field and and, and you want to compete and you want to win but when you're off the field you know you want to shake somebody's hand say how how's the dog doing how's the kids doing you know, stuff like that and and I've seen that over and over again multiple times. So I think that's great. You know, you have to have the, the competitive fire, but you also have to understand that there's another piece. Absolutely. Well. And revenue is not a focus. I think that when you look among the ecosystem of partners, you know, they're all grateful yeah. to be a partner in the first place. They're all grateful to be a part of the workday yep. world. And um, obviously revenue is a focus for every company, but, but it's not a, a cutthroat environment. It's very much, we want all customers right. to be successful. We want all partners to be successful and we want workday to be successful. It's all, I've always heard it as a triangle. You have workday, at the top of the triangle you have customers on one side and then you have you know the partners on another and you know without yeah. one corner of the triangle the others can't succeed and so it's very important to to make sure that that's all working well and I, i've i've seen very few times where it's been negative it's always been positive so it's that's uh it's something to say in a world where we have competitive you know revenue driven sales driven you know, economy um, and competitive uh, industries. It's interesting to see that come yep. out of Workday. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So, 
Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, you kind of that that stool kind of falls off if you don't have one of those three. So I think that's a great example. So um, and I'm curious to pivot a little bit. I know obviously you were talking about student, but um, in your line of work or what you see in general, what kind of trends do you see? You know, it could be anything from international growth to, you know, Workday Cloud Platform to things expanding in student. What do you see happening over the next 12, 24, 36 Yeah, months? great question. The roadmaps are, are very interesting on the product side. Lots of new features, which is always exciting for the users. But apart from that, Workday's yeah. done some amazing things in opening up their platform. So allowing other, you know, um, companies to develop products on the side and, and connect them to Workday and then release that to the greater public. So platform as a service, pause, and some of these other, um, you know, Workday cloud platform, these other options are just so innovative, right? It's it's very much the, the Apple or the Google type of company or Amazon where, um, there's no limits to what can be done. We don't want to limit. We're not trying to hide or, you know, limit what folks can do on the platform. We're trying to open it up as much as we can uh, so that everyone can benefit because Workday can't focus on every single type of product. They, you know, as much as they want to, they don't have the bandwidth always to build every single aspect. And so students, students, an example where, you know, they don't have a housing system or an alumni system, maybe down the road, they'll build that out as part of the student product. But in the meantime, you know, let's integrate with other ones. Let's, let's find ways to use Workday Cloud Platform and, and other um, ways to integrate. So there's just, there's, there's so much potential there. Um, and I know that as Workday's announced those things over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of buzz about them, right? It's this company who continues to do well in the stock market, continues to have really good quarterly earnings and quarterly calls and, and big wins on the customer side, you know, Fortune 50, Fortune 500 companies. And and so you see the buzz there, but also, you know, opening up the technology side. And I'm not, I'll say, I'll be honest, I'm a little more functional than I am technical, but I do, I do see the potential of the technical side to open up those platforms. Uh, and it's, it's pretty amazing to see what they're, they're doing. So. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see what happens with cloud platform because I actually used to recruit um, on the Salesforce side as well and force.com was just such a big deal and still is. And, I'm, and I think if I don't know any insider information more than anybody else, but um, I think if cloud platform can be leveraged like force.com, it could be a big big deal it could really be a monster and really change how customers work with workday how workday you know kind of from a sales standpoint approaches um sales cycles and and presentations as well as on the partner side you know how would they get involved in that space as well i think it's an opportunity for some bolt-on um products that weren't currently that aren't currently available you know so it'll be really interesting but I'm really curious to see what happens with Adaptive Insights, Prism, you know, all those things um, that uh, Workday has really has their hands in over the past couple of years, see how those grow and mature from there. So, um, but I'm curious, you know, how do you see um, 
not only student growing, but also kind of the specifically the U.S. market growing with Workday. Yeah, great question. And you mentioned a couple of really strategic moves. Obviously, Adaptive Insights was a, a was a big one. Uh, planning is a huge part. Of, when I was a product manager, I was on the financial, the core financial side, and so before I uh, mm-hmm. went back to student, I I was on the the core fin side, which the addressable market for fin is just insane. I mean, HR is it still an amazing market, but uh, Workday's really proven themselves in the HR market. They have a you know a good majority of of, of that space and that industry. But but financials, <laughs> there's just so much more addressable market there, so much more revenue, and so many more sure. players in that competitive field. And so, you know, I think the future really is financials. And so, Adaptive Insights to really ramp up your planning product so quickly because I remember Workday did have a planning product uh, back before the adaptive acquisition and they were trying their best to go as fast as they could but you know eventually they decided it was more strategic to grab one that could integrate well with Workday directly so it's not like a bolt-on that's one thing you see with software is a lot of and I won't name names, but some of the big, big software giants will do uh, acquisition strategy as their growth strategy. And the bolt-on systems is just, right. it's not a great way to grow. And so Workday is very strategic. If they're going to acquire someone, it's going to be like, hey, you've got to adapt to our system. You've got to integrate exactly you know, what we need you to do. And obviously, Adaptive was perfect for that. And so after that happened, and then you see Prism as well, and that was actually before, but Prism, and I've only explored a little bit of Prism, but reporting is such a powerful tool within Workday in general, just within the software itself. Now you take Prism, where you take data from other places, because inevitably every company has other systems with other data. Um, Even if they're a Workday customer, there's gonna be one or two other systems they might have. And to take that data, and put it in a format that Prism can look at it and then cross-reference it with Workday data and then display it in reports. Prism is like an untapped uh, monster. <laughs> it is just this amazing tool. <laughs> and I've only seen the small demos, tried a couple of things myself. You know, I haven't had time to to dive in, but those who are Prism experts, you know, the capabilities of combining excuse me, this external data with Workday data in a, you know, reportable format is very powerful. Um, But to answer your question, I really think financials is really where Workday continues to grow and dominate. Um, You know, as they have, they have so many of the fortune 500 companies on the HR side, slowly, but surely they're, they're grabbing them in financials as well. I think people are seeing the power of a united system between HR and finance um, and so there's a lot of power there to be able to, to do that. So, you know, it's a combination of, of Workday uh, Cloud Platform, you know, utilizing Prism and utilizing, um, you know, but when I say, um, when we talk about adaptive, it's pretty much financial. So the financials, the roadmap for them, and they've come a long way. Every month they just push a ton of development. And even though it's pretty much a mature product at this point, there's still a lot for them to do. There's still a lot of potential for them to, to continue to to release great features. And so I think you'll see over the next 24 to 36 months, a lot more financials customers, a lot more financial wins, which is huge for the revenue side and the growth of Workday because, you know, they've kind of, they have good renewals on the HR side and they have good wins on the HR side, but the wins in financials are so much more, uh, you know, they're just, they're such, they're so much larger. And uh, sometimes it's actually those HR customers that are deciding to go with Finn, but sometimes it's a financials only 
so they have different packaging and so it's interesting how they do that right um not everybody wants to be a customer of everything but some of them want to be a customer of of some of it and so but overall the goal is to be end to end right so you you have everything in one place that's kind of the the dream yeah exactly and i think you hit the nail on the head i've just seen so much just from you know, talking to other folks as well as just seeing articles out there that financials is really going to be um, really the the big product focus when it comes to the next two to five years. I really think not that HCM is going to be downgraded by any stretch, but that market's just a little bit more mature than financials is as it stands right now. So I think that's a really good point. And I think I'm seeing some companies try to try to jump ahead of that curve, so to speak, and, and get on the financial side more than maybe other companies might have or might, you know, will eventually jump on that train, so to speak, uh, you know, over the next couple of years. So it's interesting to see that. But um, but I know that there's a lot of people out there who are who will definitely listen to this podcast and are relatively young in the workday space, whether that's a customer or at Workday themselves or a partner. What piece of advice in general could you give those folks who are, say, maybe a year or two or less in their career. Yeah, so from the aspect of trying to join into the Workday ecosystem or just new in the Workday ecosystem? Sure. You know, it's actually hard to break into the Workday ecosystem. I'll say that. I think, you know, a lot of companies are looking for experience. Now, it's hard coming out of college to have Workday experience. Um, You do see some students on campus who were lucky enough to work in an office where they had the opportunity to use the system. But but for the most part, you have a lot of recent grads who, you know, they, they want to find a way in. And so obviously internships to Workday is, is a great avenue. But for anyone who's a year or two into their careers, like I was at PwC and wanted to get into Workday, it can be a difficult process. I always tell people to focus on the partners because truly – um, you know, a lot of the work the partners do is exactly the same as what you might do at Workday. Now, if you're a developer or a coder, obviously you want to go straight to Workday because that's where a lot of that's being done. But if you're more of a product person or you're the consulting side or customer success or even sales, uh, a lot of the partners have those roles, especially on the consulting and customer success side. And so, um, you know, I think there's a, if you go to Workday's website, there's a whole list of partners, services partners and software partners. But under the services partners, there's a lot of firms under there. And and you do have your big names. You know, you have your, your PwC, your Deloitte, your Accenture, your IBM. But then you also have a lot of these, what I call the boutique consulting firms, the small shops. And, you know, Alchemy is one of yep. those. We have about 170 people and have been around for maybe about three years now. And so that there's a lot to be said about the smaller firms. They just bring a different, not that the big firms don't, but that, you know, there's a good opportunity at some of the smaller firms to have more of an impact on the customer, to have better relationships with the customer, to really be a little bit more invested and less less of a number. And so, you know, I, I was choosing between several partners when I decided that, you know, my time at Workday was up and that I wanted to look to, to be more involved with the customers out in the, out in the field. And um, I quickly narrowed it down. You know, I had this big list and I had these relationships at all these different, you know, partners. But I knew right away there was only three or four that I was seriously interested in. And um, most of them had good work-life balance. I'll say that. You know, those that as much as I love the big firms, you know, if you put someone on a plane every week, it's kind of hard to live your life 
when you're you know traveling that much. And so Workday's model is very much you know a week on site, a week off site, and a week from home. And so that allows you to have more of a personal life, whether that's uh, family or or whatever, and, and children and friends. And so um, you know that was appealing to me, where I could still have that work-life balance, but also be very involved in the customers. And so, so those, those that are in their career, I, I would just say that are looking at Workday, looking at this amazing growing ecosystem, you know, look for the culture that fits you, look for the, the values, right? What is it that they value? Is it billable hours? Is it, you know, how much you can be on the road or is it more uh, the culture of the, the customer, the culture of, you know, work-life balance, you know, what's, what's the focus? And you can always look to the leadership. You can do your best to ask those who are at the company, you know, what, what is your focus? What is your, your culture like? Um, obviously, asking travel percentage is always smart uh, to find out how much, you know, you're really going to be on the road. And, and I get it. Every business is different. So I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing those that are on the road. You know, I think that every company has their, their goals, but you want to make sure that they align with you personally so that you're not sort of, six to 12 months in and you don't understand where you fit and um you know you didn't discover that early on if you can so you know there's just so many opportunities now i didn't even mention the customer side so that that was all just workday and the, and the partners but there are so many customers that are looking for good workday talent and often those are very minimal travel at all and they're really high paying solid, you know, careers where you can become an HRIS analyst or a business man business analyst or a reporting expert or, you know, IT or tech. There's all these different roles you can see at these customers. And so just like you might research all the partners, I would also say research all the, the customers and and look geographically. Like if you live in Salt Lake City, where are the workday customers here? What are they in Denver? What are they in Dallas? You know, think about your city and where you, or maybe come up some of your target cities that you'd like to live in. And inevitably you'll have some big workday, you know, customers in that area. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly could not have said it better on, on both sides of the aisle, you know, from the, from the partner side, you have to evaluate what you're really interested in. And I think that's a good point about the travel. There's been some folks, yeah. that want to travel 100% of the time. And there's some that want to travel zero, neither right nor wrong. It's just your individual preference. So you always have to kind of understand how you fit within the organization from a culture, um, work-life balance, travel perspective. I think that's a great point. And, and on the customer side is someone who's, you know, uh, supported recruiting for customers as well as partners. Um, there's a lot of great opportunities that are very high paying, very low travel. Um, so you're exactly right. And I think that's something that's, you know, critically important. I do think that there is a, a sentiment out there and, and I don't and I don't necessarily agree or disagree with this, that, you know, ending up at the partner is necessarily better than being at a customer. I, w I w actually would not agree with that. I think it depends upon what you want to do. Um, I think part of that is because you know, obviously the certification process and you don't necessarily have to have a certification to work at a customer. But again, that's all individual preference. You know, there's people who have moved from one side of the aisle to the other and, and vice versa. So, so yeah, but I appreciate, um, you know, your thoughts there and your advice. I think that's great. And I think people would really appreciate that. So um, I know we've run over a little sure, bit yeah, absolutely. for five to 10 more minutes. Perfect. Well, great. So one kind of last question, kind of personally to you, you know, what are you looking to do in your workday career? What's, <laughs> what's Josh 
uh, really looking like three to five years from now? What's Great question. Um, you know, I've been kind of all over the board. It's, um, you know, I started in, in consulting. I tried a couple years of product and then I'm kind of back to consulting. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those, I don't want to say I'm a young kid, but I'm definitely one of those millennials who, who loves people management. I, I, I get my, you know, and I've taken the different, um, you know, the different skill set tests and the things out there. And I, I enjoy looking for the talent in others and finding a way to utilize that because I often find that sometimes managers, they're just looking to make everybody the same or they don't really notice um, the different skill sets that make you unique. And some of the best managers I've ever had have said, this, this is what you're good at. Embrace that, channel that, and continue to develop that and be the expert in that. And so, um, you know, I, I've always enjoyed that. I've, I've been an informal, quote unquote, mentor to many of my uh, millennial colleagues at Workday and beyond. And I continue to sort of the career advice, uh, you know, asking the right questions to, about what you're passionate about, what gets you excited in the morning. Now, I love consulting. I love working with customers. I love helping them implement and, and solve problems. Um, you know, I really love that interaction. But I think eventually I'd like to either manage projects or manage people in the work to ecosystem where I have a chance to, to mold young talent. So I think, you know, it's on the roadmap. I think the best types of managers have the experience to be out in the field first. So, you know, I definitely want to make sure that I'm a manager who can speak to the work that my team's already doing, you know, that they're doing now that I've done before so that I'm not sort of out of touch, but at the same time, you know, I look forward to that opportunity to lead and, and help people, you know, develop and become the best employees that they can be. So it's a, it's a bit lofty, but you know, I think it's, it's not out of the, out of question, you know, I think it's possible. N nothing is lofty if you have the right mindset and you, uh, you work hard to get there. So, so I think that's fantastic. So, um, well, that's fantastic. Well, any, that was really the last question I had. Anything that you wanted to share with me? Anything that you feel like the audience Well, first of all, anyone who listens day? should be following Michael Ruiz because he has the birthday tip of the day. So if you're not already <laughs> following along with your amazing you know, network that you've built, um, please do so. Yeah, and well, also yeah. reach out to me as well. I'm a big what I call Workday Ambassador yep. or Workday Evangelist. I think there's a lot of folks in the Workday ecosystem that are like that, that we're just, we're big fans of Workday. We're big fans of anything associated with Workday. And we want to get the good word out there. We want to help as many people as possible and kind of use our networks uh, to bless the lives of others and to help others as they find their way. And so um, obviously you're, you're the man when it comes to that. And I hope to, you know, stay in touch with you and, and do whatever I can to help. But uh, you know, those listening out there, we hope you find your way in the work ecosystem and, and Michael and I, you know, we both are open to helping in any way we can. So, you know, thanks for, for listening. Yeah, well, well, thank you for that. Um, you can't tell, but I'm blushing a little bit over here. Oh, I'm not normally not normally the one who's the center of attention, so this is a little bit strange for me. No, but thank you. I, I appreciate the kind words, and yeah, I think I think it's such a, a community in which everybody's willing to help each other, and I know that you've been doing that for years on end. So we definitely 
um, you know, thank you for that. And really appreciative of that. And it goes, does not go unnoticed. And I know a lot of people appreciate that. So, well, again, really appreciate you taking the time. I know a lot of people will, will probably reach out to you after this conversation and just connect. And so I'm glad to see that, but I know a lot of people will appreciate just listening to this and um, hopefully helping them guide them in the, in the right direction for their workday career and just learning a little bit more about workday. So thank you so much. And, uh, have a great thanks weekend, michael take and, care uh, we'll definitely we'll talk soon all right, thanks. All right. Have, a, have a good one talk to you soon thanks hey michael can you hear me hey josh i can how are you this morning i'm doing great how are you good good well thank you i obviously have you on the uh workday recruiter podcast but uh Hope all is well in Salt Lake City. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. I think some of the news coming out of Utah has been kind of rough. Uh, Donovan Mitchell just got diagnosed with the coronavirus, as well as uh, Rudy Gobert. Those are the two all-stars from the, the Jet Utah Jazz. So kind of a rough morning for the locals, and I uh, feel bad for those guys. I hope they recover. But, uh, yeah, tough time for the world and the country right now. But Yeah. Things are getting a little crazy, but I did just uh, see that uh, as an alert on my phone via the ESPN app. So, yeah, I'm sure everything's on lockdown in the jazz uh, locker room right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little crazy right now, but yeah, yeah. How about yourself? Everything's good. Everything's good. Just been uh, working a bunch and uh, just trying to uh, work a little bit to uh, find some workday candidates, as I'm sure you're aware. But, um, but yeah, but I just wanted to jump right into things if that's okay but just sure. wanted to kind of start off you know a li- little bit outside of the workday space and then we can go from there but again really appreciate you jumping on uh this morning but wanted to get a little bit to know you a little bit better i know we've obviously talked before but obviously whoever listens to this may not know you so tell me a little bit about yourself where you're from where you live now um sure. what you did growing up and um kind of what do you like to do for fun Sure, absolutely. Thanks, Michael. Um, so I grew up in Idaho Falls, Idaho, really close to the, the school I went to for college, uh, BYU-Idaho. Uh, they're also a Workday customer, funny enough, my alma mater. And so I went to BYU-Idaho and uh, studied accounting, started in um, public accounting at PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, and uh, made my way over to Workday. And I was at Workday for about four and a half years. Uh, I spent a couple years in consulting and then a couple years in product management. And uh, the last, I guess, nine months now, I've been at Alchemy, which is a uh, implementation partner for the higher ed uh, side, the student side of Workday. So um, the, the, the CEO of Alchemy is actually the son of Dave Duffield. So Dave Duffield, co-founder of Workday, um, his son, Mike Duffield, sort of did a spinoff uh, called Alchemy. And we just do implementations for student and higher ed and a focus on the higher education customers and and so yeah so from idaho i currently live in utah i'm a remote employee i travel out to customers and um i also work from a home office which is where i'm at today and uh for fun i've got three kids under the age of seven so that keeps wow. us that keeps us very busy sure. um they love uh, the outdoors and whether it's the snow or the summertime, we get all the good seasons in Utah. So um, very outdoorsy family. Personally, I'm a big movie guy. I also enjoy uh, Texas Hold'em poker. I, I love odds and probability. And so any kind of game of 
of uh, cha- chance with odds and probability I'm a big fan of. And and uh, so, yeah, here with my wife and three kids in Utah. So That's great. That's great. What's the latest movie you've you've watched and really liked? You know, my wife and I, we just rewatched um, the, uh, the A Quiet Place. Okay. okay. Which is that John uh, Krasinski scary movie that has not very much dialogue in it. And yep. uh, part two comes out. Well, it's supposed to come out in a week or two, but I think I just saw that John Krasinski has delayed um, the release of it based on the coronavirus. So, oh, so I wow. think he's going to wait till the summer um, or till things settle down before he puts it in theater. So that's uh, okay, though. We're big fans. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, you know, there's very few scary movies like that that are not too much on the horror category, but also right. more of a suspense thriller, not knowing what to expect. So that's my, my favorite. Sure, sure. Okay, okay, well, good. Glad to get to know a little bit of the personal side behind behind Josh. So I think that's great. So, well, perfect. Well, I know you were talking earlier, you know, you went to BYU, Idaho, which I think is incredibly coincidental. It's just funny that, you know, now they're the cus- they're a customer and, you know, you went to school there, which I think is so awesome. Everything <laughs> full circle, right? So. Um, but yeah, tell me about that transition from PwC, you know, uh, on the accounting audit, you know, side and how you made the jump to Workday. I'm always curious how people ended up in the Workday space and how that all transpired. Yeah, great question. Um, so after studying accounting, um, I always had what my accounting professor would call a marketing personality. Sure. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I was always kind of interested in looking for HR or um uh, marketing type of roles. And so uh, PwC being one of the big four accounting firms, it opened up a lot of doors. And I realized that PwC had a workday practice. Part of their advisory side, they had an entire practice they were forming in Dallas, uh, which is where I went for PwC. And they were they were creating a workday practice, but didn't have a lot of openings. And so I instead of transferring internally, I just looked directly at Workday. Um, and actually had an alumni friend refer me over to the company uh, from BYU-Idaho. So definitely full circle um, yeah. there. But he had started it at Workday and loved the culture, knew that I was interested in HR and not necessarily just accounting. And obviously Workday started as an HR software company. And that's the first product they put out was HCM. And, uh, and then they've obviously transitioned to finance and students and some other things. But, um, you know, they, they were looking for someone with that accounting background, but also interested in HR and ERP software, you know, work software. And uh, so I made that transition. And it literally was the best decision I've ever made. Apart from marrying my wife, I do, I do believe the next best choice I've ever made was to go to Workday uh, so early in my career. And it said nothing but bless my family and me immensely. That's great. That's awesome. So, um, you know, when you made that transition, what was really the first couple of years? What did that look like on a day-to-day basis for you over at Workday? Great question. I, you know, I was lucky and fortunate enough to be part of the first group of students. So they were they didn't have a student product when I got hired in 2015. They they had the HCM and they were working pretty hard on financials and they had some early iterations out for financials in 2015, but they didn't have student out yet. They were just in their first year. And so I was a consultant, but we didn't have billable projects. So a lot of what we did was we would travel out to uh, what they would call early adopters. 
or you know schools or universities that were very interested in Workday student, but you know obviously it's a couple years away from from being a full product. And so we would go out there and we would understand their business, we would understand their current system, you know, gather their pain points, and really just be that you know, be their voice so that we could take that back to product and say, hey, product, here's what, you know, the University of Texas at Austin needs in their, you know, their admissions side. And here's what LSU, you know, needs in their financial aid side. And here's what Rochester needs in their, you know, Bursar's office. And so it was just a great opportunity to be some of the early folks out there. Um, and I would work very closely with products. So I was actually based in the Bay Area for, for the first three years. And so while doing that, I would travel out about 50% of these, these prospects or these early adopters and then come back and work in the office with the product team and the development team and sort of give them a list of everything we would gather from these customers. So it really influenced the development of the product early on because we gather, and it wasn't just, I named some of the big schools, but I should clarify that Workday, as always, they take care of every type of customer. So we also did community colleges, we did public universities, private universities. So um, I was kind of on some of the bigger projects, but there were projects from the smallest school you can think of to, to the largest school. So um, very, very good job um, Workday's part to make sure that, you know, if we're going to build a higher education, you know, uh, software that we're going to take care of all different prospects out there. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I think the ability to scale between your local community college a couple miles down the road versus, you know, University of Texas or LSU, you know, those it's obviously a big difference. So, so and, and I'm curious because I think a lot of people that will ultimately listen to this podcast won't have much familiarity with student. Can you explain a little bit about what student does at a high level and, and how it helps, um, you know, universities or community colleges kind of reach their goals? Absolutely. That was, we probably should have started with that. So that's good. <laughs> good, good point. Here I am rambling about student, but, but uh, no, great, great point. So student is, I like to call it a combination of HR and financials. So back when I started, they didn't have a training for student. There wasn't a student product, but it had aspects of both the HR system and the financials. Um, But they had to sort of develop it and change it to meet higher ed's needs. And so initially there were six products underneath what they call students. So Workday Students, the large bucket, just like the financials is a large bucket, but then there's several products below it. And so the six products below student are uh, student recruiting, student admissions, student records, student, um, I think they call it curriculum management and advising. It's a long, a long one. And then there's okay. student financial aid and student student financials, which is like the bursars. So you imagine, you know, the different offices in a higher education institution. So you have the the bursar's office for student financials you have the financial aid office you have the registrar's office for records you have the admissions office you have the the recruiters um and then you have a lot of the 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 faculty and staff who do you know advising for students to help them plan out their their schooling so what what they're trying to do is get all those you know Universities are on tons of systems, right? They're, they have sometimes over 30 systems that they're on. Nothing talks to each other. Things are very outdated. Some of the, you know, higher education softwares were built in the early, 
early 90s, um, which was actually PeopleSoft and some of the other ones that Dave Duffield founded. But they're still using that. And here it is, 2020. And, you know, 30 years of software, that's a long time. And, so, yeah, you know, you have a lot of manual processes happening and you have a lot of folks that are going to and from offices trying to get one thing done. And they're using paper still. And they're just it's the technology's not there. And so when higher education institutions commit to a software, you know, they're in it for the long haul. This is a 20, 30 year commitment for them to to go through an ERP implementation for their their student software. And there just hasn't been a lot of products in the market for it because it's very difficult to build. It's it's literally I think I've heard that it's it's eight times as large as the HCM side. So you have to think, okay, HCM is a pretty complex product. It's no, you know, no small feat. But eight times what HCM is is what the entire student suite uh, is, consists of. Uh, and I've heard different numbers. I've heard six x or ten x, and so I, you know, I, I, eight is the most common. But just it gives you a, a, an idea of the scale. You know, these, wow. these are literally independent products all rolled into one and they they all speak to each other now the last thing i'll say about student that will apply to all the commercial folks out there is that you know when a higher education institution is also an hcm and financials customer and then they also buy student they have everything everything is connected across the campus so from your, your worker being paid as a, as a faculty or a staff in hcm from you know all the benefits in HCM and then you have the financials, the controller and everybody who's involved in that side has that inside of Workday. And then you connect all the students as well. And so you just have this giant system cross-functionally uh, from the worker all the way to the student. And really the student's focus is, you know, Workday student's focus is the student experience because even though the admins are using it a lot to to transact on the students, so charges and payments and financial aid and registration for classes and admitting and the application process and everything can be all done in Workday. There's also the student side, the self-service side, where a student can log in and, and, and having an app in today's world, there's nothing that college students enjoy more than to, you know, download an app, register for classes, pay their tuition and be on their way and not have to really do anything else. Um, so that's Workday's vision. It's very much a mobile first higher ed product where you can literally do that. You can apply, you can register for courses, you can pay your, you know, can receive your financial aid and pay your tuition and your charges all from your app or your laptop or whatever device you're using. So, you know, there's, there's two sided. There's the administrative side and what they see when students come to their office or call them. And then there's also the student self-service experience, which is, you know, beyond anything I've ever experienced. And I had just gotten out of school when I had joined Workday a couple years later. And, you know, the things I had to do when I was in college just in 2013, compared to what Workday does, it's a whole nother world. It's, it's just uh, so much more modern and advanced, so. Yeah, that's a whole different ball game than what I was used to at the University of South Carolina. So if anybody's got connections to the uh, admissions bursaries office at the <laughs> University of South Carolina, uh, might need to uh, shift to workday. I'm sure that will happen eventually. But you know, with University of South Carolina at the time, we were 20,000 undergrads, wow. and we were all rushing to this one room to sign up for business classes, and then rushing to another to sign up for X or Y related classes, so it's a little bit of a little bit of a mess, so to speak. And, that, and, and but you you make a great point in that nowadays the average you know eighteen to twenty two year old you know they've been living on 
apps on their phone for for years so it's completely normal for them to sign up for all their classes i mean how easy would that have been for for us now you know to go back um and do that uh, but that would have been amazing but that was not the case i guess for you nor was it for me so um but that's okay but um well cool well great so i, I know that um you have been in the Workday ecosystem for quite some time. I know that you're obviously very passionate about it just from, you know, our previous conversation as well as this conversation right now. But, you know, what is the one thing that you really enjoy the most about the, the ecosystem from, you know, a, a product perspective, but also from a, you know, networking, you know, just kind of being a part of the, the community? At, at yeah, large. great question. Um, yeah, I think Workday's used this in their PowerPoints before. I do remember this constantly, but um, the customers are fans. And when I say fans, I, I truly mean fans. Uh, I mean, you know, wearing the, the, the flags and having the, the finger at the game when they're, they're yelling and shouting, they love Workday. Um, so to work for a company or you know, a partner associated with Workday to have products like that, where customers are truly just huge fans. I mean, it's, it's changed the way they do their work. It's changed the way that they live. Um, you know, people always focus on uh, you know consumer software, the software that you use on your phone and Apple and Google and the things that you're used to. But we spend more time at work than we probably do at home or with with others, and so. You know, if your work software is not very good, it really ruins a big portion of your life. And so, so to be able to access it from anywhere, mobile first, um, to change the way you do your job, to become more strategic and less process driven and less manual. Um, you just see that come out when you go to these customer conferences or you go to these consulting conferences. You just there's just a, a buzz. You can just feel it. And so I remember when I first started, and this was 2015, so five years ago now I've been in the ecosystem, and I just remember like I've never seen customers so excited about you know a product. I, I, they're truly like no one's being compensated. Like there's no like they're just fans because it's changed the way they do what they do. And so. That to me is probably my favorite piece, um, and also the networking. Right, everyone's a friend. Um, I've found both virtually and in person. Anyone who's a customer, a consultant, um, a workday employee, whatever it might be, um, very much a fan, and very much willing to do things for others, and willing to help out, reach out, um, and as you've done with the workday uh, tip of the day. Um, you've seen this outpouring of generosity and, and, you know, fans and just, just people that are just so kind and so giving. And so that, you know, I don't see, you don't see that kind of culture at a ton of companies. You, you just don't, it's, it's, it's very authentic yep. and I feel very grateful to have been a part of it so far. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I have seen the same thing you know over the years and it's just amazing how i think as much as you know with the implementation partners obviously they're competitive but also there's a very much so a feeling of we're all in this together at the same time so i think it's one of those things where you're on the field and and, and you want to compete and you want to win but when you're off the field you know you want to shake somebody's hand say how how's the dog doing how's the kids doing you know, stuff like that and and I've seen that over and over again multiple times. So I think that's great. You know, you have to have 
the, the competitive fire, but you also have to understand that there's another piece. Absolutely. Well. And revenue is not a focus. I think that when you look among the ecosystem of partners, you know, they're all grateful yeah. to be a partner in the first place. They're all grateful to be a part of the workday yep. world. And um, obviously revenue is a focus for every company, but, but it's not a, a cutthroat environment. It's very much, we want all customers right. to be successful. We want all partners to be successful and we want workday to be successful. It's all, I've always heard it as a triangle. You have workday at the top of the triangle, you have customers on one side, and then you have, you know, the partners on another. And, you know, without one corner of the triangle, the others can't succeed. And so it's very important to to make sure that that's all working well. And I, I've I've seen very few times where it's been negative. It's always been positive. So it's, it's, uh, it's something to say in a world where we have competitive, you know, revenue-driven, sales-driven, you know, economy um, and competitive uh, industries. It's interesting to see that come yep. out of Workday. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, you kind of, that, that stool kind of falls off if you don't have one of those three. So I think that's a great example. So, um, and I'm curious to pivot a little bit. I know obviously you were talking about student, but um, in your line of work or what you see in general, what kind of trends do you see? You know, it could be anything from international growth to, you know, Workday Cloud Platform to things expanding in student. What do you see happening over the next 12, 24, 36 Yeah, months? great question. The roadmaps are, are very interesting on the product side. Lots of new features, which is always exciting for the users. But apart from that, Workday's yeah. done some amazing things in opening up their platform. So allowing other, you know, um, companies to develop products on the side and, and connect them to Workday and then release that to the greater public. So platform as a service, pause, and some of these other, um, you know, Workday cloud platform, these other options are just so innovative, right? It's, it's very much the, the Apple or the Google type of company or Amazon where, um, there's no limits to what can be done. We don't want to limit. We're not trying to hide or, you know, limit what folks can do on the platform. We're trying to open it up as much as we can uh, so that everyone can benefit because Workday can't focus on every single type of product. They, you know, as much as they want to, they don't have the bandwidth always to build every single aspect. And so students, students, an example where, you know, they don't have a housing system or an alumni system, maybe down the road, they'll build that out as part of the student product. But in the meantime, you know, let's integrate with other ones. Let's, let's find ways to use Workday Cloud Platform and, and other um, ways to integrate. So there's just, there's, there's so much potential there. Um, and I know that as Workday's announced those things over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of buzz about them, right? It's this company who continues to do well in the stock market, continues to have really good quarterly earnings and quarterly calls and, and big wins on the customer side, you know, Fortune 50, Fortune 500 companies. And, and so you see the buzz there, but also, you know, opening up the technology side. And I'm not, I'll say, I'll be honest, I'm a little more functional than I am technical, but I do, I do see the potential of the technical side to open up those platforms. Uh, and it's, it's pretty amazing to see what they're, they're doing. So. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see what happens with cloud platform because I actually used to recruit um, on the Salesforce side as well and force.com was just such a big deal and still is. And, um, and I think if I don't know any insider information more than anybody else, but um, I think if 
cloud platform can be leveraged like force.com, it could be a big, big deal. It could really be a monster and really change how customers work with Workday, how Workday, you know, kind of from a sales standpoint approaches um, sales cycles and, and presentations as well as on the partner side, you know, how would they get involved in that space as well? I think it's an opportunity for some bolt on um, products that weren't currently, that aren't currently available, you know, so it will be really interesting, but I'm really curious to see what happens with adaptive insights, prism, you know, all those things um, that uh, Workday has really has their hands in over the past couple of years, see how those grow and mature from there. So, um, but I'm curious, you know, how do you see um, not only student growing, but also kind of the, specifically the U.S. market growing with Workday? Yeah, great question. And I, you mentioned a couple of really strategic moves. Obviously, Adaptive Insights was a, a was a big one. Uh, planning is a huge part. Of, when I was a product manager, I was on the financial, the core financial side, and so before I uh, mm-hmm. went back to student, I I was on the the core fin side, which the addressable market for fin is just insane. I mean, HR is it still an amazing market, but uh, Workday has really proven themselves in the HR market. They have a you know a good majority of of, of that space and that industry. But but financials, <laughs> there's just so much more addressable market there, so much more revenue, and so many more sure. players in that competitive field. And so, you know, I think the future really is financials. And so, Adaptive Insights to really ramp up your planning product so quickly because I remember Workday did have a planning product uh, back before the adaptive acquisition and they were trying their best to go as fast as they could but you know eventually they decided it was more strategic to grab one that could integrate well with Workday directly so it's not like a bolt-on that's one thing you see with software is a lot of and I won't name names, but some of the big, big software giants will do uh, acquisition strategy as their growth strategy. And the bolt-on systems is just, right. it's not a great way to grow. And so Workday is very strategic. If they're going to acquire someone, it's going to be like, hey, you've got to adapt to our system. You've got to integrate exactly you know, what we need you to do. And obviously, Adaptive was perfect for that. And so after that happened, and then you see Prism as well, and that was actually before, but Prism, and I've only explored a little bit of Prism, but reporting is such a powerful tool within Workday in general, just within the software itself. Now you take Prism, where you take data from other places, because inevitably every company has other systems with other data. Um, Even if they're a Workday customer, there's gonna be one or two other systems they might have. And to take that data, and put it in a format that Prism can look at it and then cross-reference it with Workday data and then display it in reports. Prism is like an untapped uh, monster. (laughs) It is just this amazing tool. (laughs) And I've only seen the small demos, tried a couple of things myself. You know, I haven't had time to, to dive in, but those who are Prism experts, you know, the capabilities of combining excuse me, the external data with Workday data in a, you know, reportable format is very powerful. Um, But to answer your question, I really think financials is really where Workday continues to grow and dominate. Um, You know, as they have, they have so many of the fortune 500 companies on the HR side, slowly, but surely they're, they're grabbing them in financials as well. I think people are seeing the power of a united system between HR and finance um, and so there's a lot of power there to be able to, to do that. So, you know, it's a combination of, of Workday uh, Cloud Platform, you know, utilizing Prism and utilizing, um, you know, but when I say um, 
when we talk about adaptive, it's pretty much financial. So the financials, the roadmap for them, and they've come a long way. Every month they just push a ton of development. And even though it's pretty much a mature product at this point, there's still a lot for them to do. There's still a lot of potential for them to, to continue to, to release great features. And so I think you'll see over the next 24 to 36 months, a lot more financials customers, a lot more financial wins, which is huge for the revenue side and the growth of Workday because, you know, it kind of, they have good renewals on the HR side and they have good wins on the HR side, but the wins in financials are so much more, uh, you know, they're just, they're such, they're so much larger. And uh, sometimes it's actually those HR customers that are deciding to go with Finn, but sometimes it's a financials only. So they have different packaging. And so it's interesting how they do that, right? Um, not everybody wants to be a customer of everything, but some of them want to be a customer of, of some of it. And so, but overall, the goal is to be end to end, right? So you, you have everything in one place. That's kind of the, the dream. Yeah, exactly. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I've just seen so much just from you know, talking to other folks as well as just seeing articles out there that financials is really going to be um, really the the big product focus when it comes to the next two to five years. I really think not that HCM is going to be downgraded by any stretch, but that market's just a little bit more mature than financials is as it stands right now. So I think that's a really good point. And I think I'm seeing some companies try to try to jump ahead of that curve, so to speak, and, and get on the financial side more than maybe other companies might have or might, you know, will eventually jump on that train, so to speak, uh, you know, over the next couple of years. So it's interesting to see that. But um, but I know that there's a lot of people out there who are who will definitely listen to this podcast and are relatively young in the Workday space, whether that's a customer or at Workday themselves or a partner. What piece of advice in general could you give those folks who are, say, maybe a year or two or less in their career. Yeah, so from the aspect of trying to join into the Workday ecosystem or just new in the Workday ecosystem? Sure. You know, it's actually hard to break into the Workday ecosystem. I'll say that. I think, you know, a lot of companies are looking for experience. Now, it's hard coming out of college to have Workday experience. Um, You do see some students on campus who were lucky enough to work in an office where they had the opportunity to use the system. But but for the most part, you have a lot of recent grads who, you know, they, they want to find a way in. And so obviously internships to Workday is, is a great avenue. But for anyone who's a year or two into their careers, like I was at PwC and wanted to get into Workday, it can be a difficult process. I always tell people to focus on the partners because truly – um, you know, a lot of the work the partners do is exactly the same as what you might do at Workday. Now, if you're a developer or a coder, obviously you want to go straight to Workday because that's where a lot of that's being done. But if you're more of a product person or you're the consulting side or customer success or even sales, uh, a lot of the partners have those roles, especially on the consulting and customer success side. And so, um, you know, I think there's a, if you go to Workday's website, there's a whole list of partners, services partners and software partners. But under the services partners, there's a lot of firms under there. And and you do have your big names. You know, you have your, your PwC, your Deloitte, your Accenture, your IBM. But then you also have a lot of these, what I call the boutique consulting firms, the small shops. And, you know, Alchemy is one yep. of those. We have about 170 people and have been around for maybe about three years now. And so that there's a lot to be said about the smaller firms. They just bring a different, not that the big firms don't, but that, 
you know, there's a good opportunity at some of the smaller firms to have more of an impact on the customer, to have better relationships with the customer, to really be a little bit more invested and less less of a number. And so, you know, I I was choosing between several partners when I decided that, you know, my time at Workday was up and that I wanted to look to to be more involved with the customers out in the, out in the field. And um, I quickly narrowed it down. You know, I had this big list and I had these relationships at all these different you know, partners, but I knew right away there was only three or four that I was seriously interested in. And um, most of them had good work-life balance. I'll say that, you know, those that as much as I love the big firms, you know, if you put someone on a plane every week, it's kind of hard to live your life when you're, you know, traveling that much. And so Workday's model is very much, you know, a week on site, a week off site, and a week from home. And so that allows you to have more of a personal life, whether that's uh, family or or whatever, and, and children and friends. And so, um, you know, that was appealing to me where I could still have that work-life balance, but also be very involved in the customers. And so, so those, those that are in their career, I, w- I would just say that are looking at Workday, looking at this amazing growing ecosystem, you know, look for the culture that fits you, look for the, the values, right? What is it that they value? Is it billable hours? Is it, you know, how much you can be on the road or is it, more uh, the culture of the the customer, the culture of you know work life balance, you know what's what's the focus? And you can always look to the leadership. You can do your best to ask those who are at the company, you know what what is your focus? What is your your culture like? Um, obviously, asking travel percentage is always smart uh, to find out how much you know you're really going to be on the road. And, and I get it, every business is different, so I'm not I'm not bad mouthing those that are on the road. You know, I think that every company has their their goals, but you want to make sure that they align with you personally, so that you're not sort of six to twelve months in and you don't understand where you fit and um, you know you didn't discover that early on if you can so you know there's just so many opportunities now I didn't even mention the customer side so that that was all just workday and the, and the partners but there are so many customers that are looking for good workday talent and often those are very minimal travel at all and they're really high paying solid you know careers where you can become an HRIS analyst or a business man business analyst or a reporting expert or you know IT or tech there's all these different roles you can see at these customers and so just like you might research all the partners I would also say research all the, the customers and and look geographically like if you live in Salt Lake City where are the workday customers here? What are they in Denver? What are they in Dallas? You know, think about your city and where you, or maybe come up some of your target cities that you'd like to live in. And inevitably, you'll have some big workday, you know, customers in that area. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I honestly could not have said it better on on both sides of the aisle. You know, from the from the partner side, you have to evaluate what you're really interested in. And I think that's a good point about the travel. There's been some folks. Yeah. that want to travel 100% of the time. And there's some that want to travel zero, neither right nor wrong. It's just your individual preference. So you always have to kind of understand how you fit within the organization from a culture, um, work-life balance, travel perspective. I think that's a great point. And, and on the customer side as someone who's, you know, uh, supported recruiting for customers as well as partners. Um, there's a lot of great opportunities that are very high paying, very low travel. Um, so you're exactly right. And I think that's something that's, you know, critically important. I do think that there is a, a sentiment out there and, and I don't and I don't 
necessarily agree or disagree with this, that, you know, ending up with a partner is necessarily better than being at a customer. I, w I w actually would not agree with that. I think it depends upon what you want to do. Um, I think part of that is because, you know, obviously the certification process and you don't necessarily have to have a certification to work at a customer. But again, that's all individual preference. You know, there's people who have moved from one side of the aisle to the other and, and vice versa. So, so yeah, but I appreciate, um, you know, your thoughts there and your advice. I think that's great. And I think people would really appreciate that. So, um, I know we've run over a little sure, bit yeah, absolutely. Okay for five to 10 more minutes. Okay. Well, great. So one kind of last question kind of personally to you, you know, what are you looking to do in your workday career? What's, <laughs> what's Josh, uh, really looking like three to five years from now? What's Great question. Um, you know, I've been kind of all over the board. It's, um, you know, I started in, in consulting. I tried a couple years of product and then I'm kind of back to consulting. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those, I don't want to say I'm a young kid, but I'm definitely one of those millennials who, who loves people management. I, I, I get my, you know, and I've taken the different, um, you know, the different skill set tests and the things out there. And I, I enjoy looking for the talent in others and finding a way to utilize that because I often find that sometimes managers, they're just looking to make everybody the same or they don't really notice um, the different skill sets that make you unique. And some of the best managers I've ever had have said, this, this is what you're good at. Embrace that, channel that, and continue to develop that and be the expert in that. And so, um, you know, I, I've always enjoyed that. I've, I've been an informal, quote unquote, mentor to many of my uh, millennial colleagues at Workday and beyond. And I continue to sort of the career advice, uh, you know, asking the right questions to, about what you're passionate about, what gets you excited in the morning. Now, I love consulting. I love working with customers. I love helping them implement and, and solve problems. Um, you know, I really love that interaction. But I think eventually I'd like to either manage projects or manage people in the work to ecosystem where I have a chance to, to mold young talent. So I think, you know, it's on the roadmap. I think the best types of managers have the experience to be out in the field first. So, you know, I definitely want to make sure that I'm a manager who can speak to the work that my team's already do, you know, that they're doing now that I've done before so that I'm not sort of out of touch, but at the same time, you know, I look forward to that opportunity to lead and, and help people, you know, develop and become the best employees that they can be. So it's a, it's a bit lofty, but you know, I think it's, it's not out of the, out of question, you know, I think it's possible. N nothing is lofty if you have the right mindset and you, uh, you work hard to get there. So, so I think that's fantastic. So, um, well, that's fantastic. Well, any, that was really the last question I had. Anything that you wanted to share with me? Anything that you feel like the audience Well, first of all, anyone who listens day? should be following Michael Ruiz because he has the workday tip of the day. So if you're not already <laughs> following along with your amazing you know, network that you've built, um, please do so. Yeah, and well, also yeah. reach out to me as well. I'm a big what I call Workday Ambassador yep. or Workday Evangelist. I think there's a lot of folks in the Workday ecosystem that are like that, that we're just, we're big fans of Workday. We're big fans of anything associated with Workday. 
and we want to get the good word out there. We want to help as many people as possible and kind of use our networks uh, to bless the lives of others and to help others as they find their way. And so um, obviously you're you're the man when it comes to that. And I hope to you know stay in touch with you and, and do whatever I can to help. But, uh, you know, those listening out there, we hope you find your way in the work ecosystem. And, and Michael and I, you know, we both are open to helping in any way we can. So, you know, thanks for, for listening. Yeah, well, well, thank you for that. Um, you can't tell, but I'm blushing a little bit over here. Oh, I'm not normally not normally the one who's the center of attention, so this is a little bit strange for me. No, but thank you. I, I appreciate the kind words, and yeah, I think I think it's such a, a community in which everybody's willing to help each other, and I know that you've been doing that for years on end. So we definitely. Um, you know, thank you for that and really appreciative of that. And it goes, does not go unnoticed. And I know a lot of people appreciate that. So, well, again, really appreciate you taking the time. I know a lot of people will, will probably reach out to you after this conversation and just connect. And so i um, glad to see that, but I know a lot of people will appreciate just listening to this and, um, hopefully helping them guide them in the, in the right direction for their workday career and just learning a little bit more about workday. So thank you so much. And, uh, have a great thanks weekend. michael take and, care uh, we'll definitely we'll talk soon all right thanks all right. Have, a, have a good one talk to you soon thanks